And hi again, everyone, and welcome to this this edition of the Hockey North Show podcast. It is April the 18th. Randy Russell along with Brad Cacciamilio as we uh, get through hockey season. Uh, keeps going through and through, round to round in the various leagues uh, that we cover. And uh, in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, for instance, we're down to the finals, the final two teams, uh, the Timmins Rock and the Sioux Thunderbirds. The series begins uh, this Thursday. Uh, games Thursday and Friday in Timmins, and then Sunday and Monday here in Sioux St. Marie. We are where we are broadcasting from 45 Social in the Sioux's downtown. Again, Randy along with Brad. And uh, Brad, we move over. Before we uh, um, go with the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, let us move over to the Ontario Hockey League. And there are some fireworks going on in one of the series where the uh, London Knights are leading the Kitchener Rangers two games to one. And Mike McKenzie, the uh, coach and general manager of the Kitchener Rangers, was fined $5,000 after game two for being critical of the officials. Now, I read the comments for what he was fined for uh, in, in one of the papers, either the Kitchener one or the London one. And uh, basically, he said he was speechless. He saw this coming, whatever, blah, 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 blah. If you're going to get fine five grand you should make it better than i'm speechless yeah, and it, yeah if you're gonna get fined five grand for throwing the referees under the bus throw you them make, you better make it work worth it and actually hit them then, the then, then throw them under the bus right. yeah i mean wow for someone who was speechless he had a lot to say without really saying very yeah much. but he didn't really say anything that bad i didn't think no, i mean and it, then of course uh, mark hunter had to get into it and encourage the ohl to come down on uh on Mike McKenzie, which uh, they, they, they did with the $5,000 fine. And then, of course, uh, Mark says, uh, well, he doesn't have to pay the fine himself. The uh, the team pays it. It's a community-owned team. Well, you know what? In that regards, uh, Mark, maybe just mind your own business because uh, I don't think the London Knights should be talking to anybody about where money comes from and how it's spent. <laughs> and I am a fan of the London Knights, as everybody knows. Anyway. Let's face it. The London Knights have a decent amount of money coming in with the amount of fans they bring in. Night and sort of the Kitchener Rangers Absolutely. and everything else. But, I mean, it's uh, it's the quintessential matchup between yeah. those two uh, longtime OHL rivals, the London Knights and the Kitchener Rangers. And you know what? It might have been money well spent because, uh, and words well said by McKenzie, because after losing the first two games of the series, Going into Game 3 then, in Kitchener, the Rangers absolutely shellacked the uh, Knights to uh, come back in that series. It's now 2-1 to one for London. Elsewhere, the Sarnia staying up two games to none on Saginaw. So Sarnia thus far bred through one round and part of the other seems to have finally shrugged off that that playoff jinx. Yeah, so far, um, you know, and they don't have Charlie Graham. No, now. they don't. You know, maybe, maybe that was the whole issue all along is the curse of Charlie Graham. Well, maybe. But, um, yeah, I, you know what, they're playing some good hockey. And the, the thing with Sarnia is, you know, you look at you look at round one where, you know, Guelph, yeah, Guelph give them a little bit of yeah. a run, but, uh, you know, you, you've almost seen a little bit of two different ways that Sarnia can play where, you know, in round one I feel like you saw a little more of the offensive side of that team where, you know, they could, they could take a game offensively to uh, to their opponent and, you look at the, the first two games against Saginaw where, you know, their scoring's still there, don't get me wrong, but they've really buckled down defensively mm-hmm. and, and, you know, made life very difficult for, you know, Saginaw, who essentially, they went almost two full games without scoring a goal. Like, they didn't score their first goal of that series until very, very late in game two. So, you know, Sarnia is, uh, you know, their goaltending, Ben Bodro has been real yeah. good. Uh, you know, he's been great. And, both games uh, against Saginaw, and he was good through round one. And 
you know, this is a team that's, uh, you know, that seems to be putting everything together and, you know, looks like uh, looks like the team we expected to uh, to be able to go on a long run here. We're at 45 Social, 117 Spring Street in the Sioux downtown. Drop by and visit them any day of the week except Sunday and Monday. And I think those hours will change as we get closer to summer. Anyway, it's the home of uh, Lucy Rowe Clean Beauty and clothing in there as well. Also a men's barbershop, a cafe, and of course this fabulous uh, men's clothing store and uh, just a just a great place we thank them uh, for sponsoring the hockey north show podcast uh that's uh as far as the as far as the ohl goes right now brad that uh, kitchener uh, london series one to one to watch and of course the uh, uh saginaw and uh, sarnia with sarnia up two games to none on the other side it's uh north bay battling it out with uh barry and then the ottawa 67s uh with the uh, Peterborough Peets, both those series are tied uh, one game apiece. And the OHL Priority Selections Draft is up uh, this week, uh, this weekend, uh, Friday, uh, the opening rounds, and then they go into the rest of it on uh, Saturday. Uh, the Sioux Grounds with a top pick this year. Uh, some local players uh, possibly up for a selection this year. Uh, players from the Great North Under-18 Hockey League from both uh the Sioux Greyhounds, uh, the Sioux U18 Greyhounds, and the uh, Sudbury U16 Nickel Capitals. There's a Sioux boy there who could get picked, a uh, goaltender, uh, Nick Marson, who's a good one, and uh, his Nickel Capital teammates. There's some good ones there as well. Defenseman Alexander Vlad and forward uh, Cole Dubosky. There's also a Sioux boy in there well as well who uh, could get drafted. I mean, it's a long shot, but Colson Bell had himself a good season. And from the Junior Greyhounds, who finished first during the regular season, only to get stunned in the league championship series uh, uh, final. A lot of good players there uh, could go, led by uh, Hudson uh, Chitteroni, uh, fellow forward uh, Brendan Cook, also Devin Jones-McDonald, and a couple of dandy defensemen in uh, Candon O'Neill and uh, Declan Gallivan. Uh, I'm not thinking that uh, there'll be a player from the North taken before the fourth round. It looks like we'll be pretty much shut out from that, but there could be anywhere from... Uh, 6 to 12 to 14 players picked after that. Just have to wait and see how that goes. But of course, as is usually the case, Brad, uh, everything seems to center on uh, the GTA Alliance uh, and the other leagues around Hockey Eastern Ontario. And uh, But the North, with good representation, showed well at the OHL Cup, so we shall see what happens. And from a Greyhound standpoint, you're the guy that covers the Greyhounds all the time. You're there all the time, morning, noon, and night. I think you nap there once in a while at the old... Uh, GFL Gardens. Uh, what are you hearing about the Hounds, what they're looking for uh, with their uh, early pick in the first round? Yeah, it feels like and I, I actually had a recording today. I had a chat with Kyle Roth just kind of getting a, a bit of a vibe on that as well. And, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like almost our approach maybe changed a little bit just without getting the Memorial Cup where, you know, it, it, it's more of a focus on best player available which, I mean, you tend to do that picking high anyway, but, mm. um, you, you, you know, you in that situation, sometimes maybe if they had gotten the Memorial Cup, you maybe might focus on a certain position more so, um, you know, in that regard. And, you know, now they're strictly best player available. Uh, you know, there's a handful of guys. It sounds like the, uh, you know, the top end guys are, are going to be really, really high end. And, you know, if you're picking in the top five or six, you know, all five or six of those teams are probably going to get, you know, a relatively high-end player, unless you're the Niagara Ice Dogs, who, you know, who knows who's going to want to report there. But, you know, if, if you're the Greyhounds, I mean, I, I know, 
they've got their eye on there's about three or four kids that they're kind of expecting uh, you know should be there in some form uh, when they pick at three and you know I, I, I know a lot of talk centers around guys like Brady Martin and um, the Robrecht kid whose older brother is playing in uh, I believe it's Oshawa um, you know so there's there's some high end guys I mean there's no question about it that that team's going to come out of uh, out of that third overall pick with uh, you know with a real high end player and you know let's face it this is a team that's that's done pretty good with the third overall pick in, in past years, whether it's, you know, Darnell Nurse in, I believe, yeah. it was 2015. And, um, you know, you, you go back, I believe Jeff Carter was the third overall pick. When he those guys didn't pan out too bad, did they? Yeah, I mean, they, they did okay. I'd say, yeah. they, I'd say they had decent OHL. They got combined about 2,000 NHL games yeah, already. Yeah, they played, uh, played a couple games yeah. at the NHL level, too. So, um, you know, this is an organization that's, you know, that's done pretty well picking uh, picking that high in the draft. Okay, we're going to talk some NHL playoffs, specifically the team we love to hate in just a bit, but I uh, didn't mean to cut you off there, no, even though good. I did. Uh, we do have to pause for sponsor identification here on the Hockey North Show podcast. And the Hockey North Show was brought to you by our host site, 45 Social in the Sioux downtown. Also, major sponsor, Little Caesars, with two locations in Sioux, Ontario, Churchill Plaza and Market Mall. Saldan Developments of Sault Ste. Marie, real estate agent John Globota of Royal LePage, buying or selling a home list with John Globota, uh, 705-975-2975. The Croatian Corner, located at Bruce and Wellington in the Sioux's downtown area, Dr. Kevin Caruso, uh, 264 McNabb Street, again a sponsor of the Hockey North Show podcast. Northern Superior Brewing, fresh local craft beer, support local, support Northern. Pinnacle Hockey Management. Rowers Jansen and the Wine Barrel, located next to the uh, Sault Ste. Marie Museum. The Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, the Sioux Eagles, Line River Beavers, Espanola Paper Kings and Sudbury Cubs of the NOJHL, and from the Superior International Junior Hockey League, the Cam River Fighting Walleye and the Dryden Ice Dogs. Back at 45 Social in the Sioux downtown, Randy Russell along with Brad Cacciamilio, we're uh, full-fledged in playoff season here in the Ontario Hockey League, the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, and National Hockey League playoffs began uh, the other night, uh, last night in, uh, specifically. Uh, before we get to the NOJHL, we like to divert to the uh, NHL and talk a little pro sports every once in a while. And uh, Brad, the Toronto Maple Leafs begin their annual quest towards a uh, uh, possible uh, playoff series victory uh, tonight. And uh, you know what? Forget about the drought. Uh, that they haven't won since 1967 when there were only six teams in the NHL. They haven't won a playoff series since uh, Sheldon Keefe has been the coach and before that going back into uh, when Mike Babcock was there. And they seem to have home ice advantage every year. They seem to be favorites to win the series, but they always run into the Montreal Canadiens or the Boston Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning. And here we are, the Tampa Bay Lightning again. And Toronto should be heavy favorites to win it. I mean, I can't see how the Leafs aren't going to win it, but we do know they have a way of seeming to find a way to maybe not lose it, but not win it. (laughs) For sure. And this is one of those series where I I feel like the longer it goes, not, the not, worse it's... Not that it hurts me when they lose. No, I, I hear you. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be disappointed if they lost. I'm no. not going to lie. Um, you know, but that seems like... Uh, it, it, to me, this series seems like if you're in Toronto where they're coming off you know, a great regular season, you know, everyone's talking about how good this team has been defensively. But for me, 
if this series winds up going longer and longer, it's going to favor Tampa because yeah. that whole self-doubt is going to creep in if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs that, you know, you're going to be thinking, you know, if you hit game six, you're going to be thinking, ah, are we going to be able to do this? You hit game seven, then you're going to really have those doubts because let's face it, we know what Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs are like in game seven. You know, so for me, if that series doesn't get get finished quickly, I almost I almost feel like it favors Tampa, and and you know I'm not saying this as a you know as a as a non-Leaf fan. I'm saying this just as a hockey person in general that I feel like Tampa would be the favorite if it's a long series. I know a lot of Maple Leafs fans and a lot of long-suffering Maple Leafs fans, and one of our fans of this show is Janet Stevenson, an old high school friend of mine. Lives down in eastern Ontario now, is in the Sioux quite a bit. She's a big Leafs fan. To put it in perspective, the last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, Janet was at Anna McCray Public School, and now she collects old age pensions. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, been, Janet, uh, I couldn't resist. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, never, yeah my, I mean, I look back and it's like my lifetime. I've seen a lot of teams win the Stanley Cup, and the Leafs have never been one of them. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I remember I was in grade eight. At, uh, and I think I've told this story before. And one of the Leafs fans in my class said, "Oh yeah, yeah, the Leafs have won the Stanley Cup for the last five years." Well, you know what? Now we're now banking on that. Now we're yeah. Now I had Frank Mahovlich and they had Davy Keon and George Armstrong and Punch Imlock behind the bench. They've had some good. The scary thing is they've had some good teams. They have. They have. I mean, when Pat Burns was coaching them, they had some good teams. Pat Quinn was coaching them. Some. Some good teams, Babcock as well. Yeah. They've had good teams with Sheldon Keith here, but they don't yeah. just don't seem to to get her done. And like I said, uh, the last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, I was gritting my teeth. And since then, I'm another G word. I giggle every year when they <laughs> don't win. Okay, but I, I I shouldn't say too much because my favorite teams, none of my favorite teams, are in the playoffs this year. Montreal's not in. Uh, Detroit's not in. Ottawa's not in. I like the Calgary Flames. I always have for a long time, and they're not in. So, I mean, but I can have some misery with the uh, company, I guess, and just not cheer for anybody, just cheer against a certain yeah. team. I, I, I always say I I'm cheer. going for the Rangers anyway, New York Rangers. Yeah, I, I always say I cheer for two teams generally during the NHL, NHL season, the Detroit Red Wings and whoever's playing. Whoever's, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and... Uh, not to make uh, uh, too many uh, enemies here, but uh, uh, not only am I cheering against the Toronto Maple Leafs to uh, continue uh, to, to, again, lose a playoff series, but as far as winning the OHL championship, I am cheering for the London Knights. Yeah. You're making a lot of friends on the show this week, I tell you. <laughs> okay, let's go to the NOJHL. Brad Cacimelio, we're down to uh, two teams, the Timmins Rock and the Sioux Thunderbirds, the Series begins this week with two games in Timmins, Thursday and Friday. Back in the Sioux Sunday and Monday, uh, Timmins games at McIntyre Arena. Sioux games at John Rhodes uh, Community Center. Uh, Timmins uh, looks like they should be the favorite. Maybe they finished with way more points than the Thunderbirds during the regular season. But Timmins also played in the East Division where there were three good teams and three bad ones. Thunderbirds played in the uh, West Division where there were Four really good teams, a pretty good team that missed the playoffs, and another pretty good team that finished last. So there's no comparison in the divisions. And uh, you know what? People who say that, uh, well, Timmins has home ice advantage for this series, and they do, but the Thunderbirds thus far in the playoffs are 6-0 and on the road. Three wins in Blind River and three wins in Sudbury. They walked into Sudbury, knocked off the number one seed, and won every game in Sudbury. And, that, and that's the biggest thing for me right there is just the idea that 
you know, not not even the fact that, you know, the Thunderbirds have been so good on the road, but they've been so good on the road against two really good teams. Yeah, Blind River and Sudbury. You know, yeah. and, and but let's face it, you know, we talked about it a lot as the regular season wound down that those were two teams that were playing yeah. some pretty darn oh, good yeah. hockey going yeah. into the playoffs. Yeah. So for the Thunderbirds to go and be that good on the road in the playoffs is, is obviously massive. And, you know, for for me, you know, did I did I expect the Thunderbirds to you know to to make that Sudbury series look as easy as they did? Absolutely not. Um, you know, but full marks for the fact that they went in and, and beat a real good Sudbury team and a, re- a Blind River team that was as hot as anybody going into the playoffs. And doing it with a 16-year-old rookie goaltender, uh, Landon Miller, second-round draft pick of the Sioux Greyhounds at the 2022 Priority Selections, and undoubtedly the Greyhounds' a goaltender of the future. Well. Yeah. If he isn't, they're in trouble, I guess, because they spent a high pick on him. Uh, you look at the Thunderbirds team, though, they they do have some injuries coming in. So does Timmons. But you look at the Sioux, and they've got some uh, good players out there, some guys with a lot of experience and guys who were around last year. And then, they're, you know, they've got the, on their defense core, Brad, they've got uh, Caden Dundas. He's a good offensive defenseman playing high school hockey uh, just a couple of years ago. Uh, Brody McConnell-Barker, a future Sioux Greyhound uh, draft pick of theirs last year. He has played really, really well for another 16-year-old. He and Landon Miller have the 16-year-old cards. You look at a wild card like Justin Morrow, a Sioux boy, in his fifth year of junior hockey, winding up his career at home. And then you look at Timmins. They've got the leading goal scorer in the league in Brady Haroon. Scored 50 goals this year. A leading point getter in uh, Nick Pijon with 107 points. Again, not to diminish it, but they played a lot of games against Cochrane, Kirkland Lake, and French River. And the intriguing thing to me about the uh, Timmins uh, team is they've got some wild cards in there. A guy like Harry Clark, a local guy who the last couple of years has been going to school in Ottawa. Then he comes home when school is done in Ottawa and he plays for the Timmins Rock, his hometown team. He's a good one. Then the intriguing thing that I like about the Timmins Rock is you look at there's five players who won a championship last year with the Red Lake Miners of the SIJHL. I call them the Red Lake Refugees. They're all in They're all in Timmins now, and they're all impact players, too. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Brady Haroon, a uh, top-scoring defenseman, Kenyon Nyman. He got uh, 60 points this year. They've got Brandon Rossetti, another defenseman, and then two other really good forwards, uh, Lucas Pikarczyk and Ethan Poole. So five players from Timmins have a chance to win a championship for the second year in a row with a different team in a different league. And that's a wild thing, and we've talked a little bit about it during the uh, during the season that, you know, let's face it, that, that playoff experience goes a long way, and that's going to be that's gonna be a good thing. I think that's what's going to make this series a fun series for all teams is the idea, like you said, you know, you've got those guys that played for, played in uh, in Red Lake last year and, and got that experience on a, on a championship run, and then, you know, you've got this group with the Thunderbirds, you know, guys like Santa Maria yeah. and... You know, Chaffee Michael Chaffee, and, Ethan Novello, yeah, Dundas. You know, Dundas was on that team, and uh, I believe Austin Bellinger was Austin yep, Bellinger yep, there last yep, year. Yep. So you know, you've got that group that you know went through a you know a tough playoff run and saw some adversity in the final, being down, down three games to none to here to first, yeah. first, and come back to win that league title. So you know, for for me, that's almost a nice side. You know, a, a side note for that series is just, and what's going to make it a lot more fun to watch is just the idea that you know you've got two pretty experienced teams that you know have had some playoff runs. You know, and obviously with Timmins being you know guys being in a different league, but you know that doesn't diminish the experience at all. So I, I, I think that's going to make it a you know an, a, a joy to watch. And this is a series. I mean, I, I expect it to be a longer series. If it goes anything less than six, I feel like I'd be surprised. Uh, 
you know, and, and, and I think either team would be a solid representative for the NLGHL, the Centennial Cup, without a doubt. Let's pause very briefly for sponsor identification right here on the Hockey North Show podcast. And the Hockey North Show was brought to you by our host site, 45 Social in the Sioux's downtown. Also, major sponsor, Little Caesars, with two locations in Sioux, Ontario, Churchill Plaza and Market Mall. Seldon Developments of Sioux St. Marie, real estate agent John Globoda of Royal LePage, buying or selling a home list with John Globoda, uh, 705-975-2975. The Croatian Corner, located at Bruce and Wellington in the Sioux's downtown area, Dr. Kevin Caruso, uh, 264 McNabb Street, again a sponsor of the Hockey North Show podcast. Northern Superior Brewing, fresh local craft beer, support local, support Northern. Pinnacle Hockey Management, Brewers Jansen and the Wine Barrel, located next to the uh, Sault Ste. Marie Museum. The Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, the Sioux Eagles, Blind River Beavers, Espanola Paper Kings and Sudbury Cubs of the NOJHL. And from the Superior International Junior Hockey League, the Cam River Fighting Walleye and the Dryden Ice Dogs. And we were back here at 45 Social in the Sioux downtown, 117 Spring Street. Randy Russell along with Brad Cochimilio. The OHL playoffs are going on, and yes, there's no Sioux Greyhounds in the playoffs. They did not make the playoffs this year, but they have a chance to pick up an impact player at the, this year's or this weekend's OHL Priority Selections Draft as the Hounds I do pick in the number three slot, so see what happens. You can follow that on online on the Ontario Hockey League uh, website. The NOJHL playoffs, as mentioned, uh, the finals beginning this weekend. Uh, Sioux Thunderbirds and Timmins Rock. Games 1 and 2 in Timmins and games 3 and 4 in the Sioux. Then it goes 1-1-1 if necessary after that. The under-15 AAA championships were held here this past weekend. The All-Ontario, Ontario Hockey Federation and uh, the Sioux uh, Junior Grounds, coached by Terry Cittaroni, did not uh, come away with a gold medal, Brad Cacimilio, but they got a silver, and you know what? Uh, I would say that that's a pretty good accomplishment to go undefeated during the round robin with just a tie. Then you win a semifinal game, and then you lose in the finals uh, to a team that you beat uh, during the round robin, which you know what? That always seems to be the case. We watch a lot of curling, my wife and I. It always seems when you lose to a team or beat a team, whatever, in the round robin, when you face that team in the in the championship game or whatever, you, you yeah, the, the the team that won in the round robin always loses in the in, in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's funny how that works, and it's you know you get into those short tournaments like that, and it's you know it, oh we found your weakness yeah, now. Yeah, it, 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 you know you look at it, and like you said, any sport, it's tough to pick up that second win against any team in any sport, especially a good good team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know that was you know. Looking back, absolutely. If I'm the, the junior Greyhounds, 100%. That, that tournament, without a doubt, is a, is a success for them. They, you know, they play great hockey all week. They, you know, like you said, they beat. You know, essentially, that's a top team in the province. I think yeah. they were the top ranked team yeah. in the province going in. So, you know, for them even to go one and one against them, hey, you know what? That's that's not so bad. And you know, you, you go. Six wins, I think they ended up with, you know, coming out of the tournament. I with. think they were, uh, yeah, five, six, oh, and one, five, oh, and one in the round yeah. robin. Then they won the semifinal, semifinal game. So they went, what, six, one, and one all together? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, for a provincial championship, that's, you know, and that's going to be something that those kids are going to remember for a lifetime that, you know, they go into a, a big event, a provincial event, they play well, they, you know, they beat some good teams. And they come out of it with memories that are going to last a lifetime for those kids that, you know, regardless of how their hockey careers come out. The only thing about medals is when you win the bronze medal, yeah. you won it, 
when you win the gold medal, you won it. When you win the silver medal, you lost the gold medal. Yeah, yeah. you didn't really, you didn't win to win it, for yeah. sure. And it's, but I mean, you know what? I To me, like, a silver medal is, sometimes it's, they, they should make more of it because, okay, the team just lost. So, you know what? Okay, we wish we were getting the gold medal, but silver medal is something to be uh, pretty darn proud yeah, of, man. I think, I, I, and it's one of those things that I always feel like, you know, at, at the time, it's tough to take. And I, I, yeah, I feel sure like a, I feel like a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of teams, and this is you know, yeah, this could be cross sports that you don't appreciate it at the, at the time yeah. how good it was. Yeah. But these are kids that you know, ten years from now, regardless of whether they're still in hockey or you know they're in life, whatever, they're gonna look back on that and say, you know what? Yeah, it was a kick in the pants at the time, but going looking back on it. You know, to win six out of eight games, yeah. six wins in a tie out of eight games, that's a pretty darn good week. And you know what? They, as much as you lost that game to, you know, to not win the goal, you still earn that silver medal by by picking up six pretty big wins in your lifetime. Yeah, it's tough to take now, but I think it's going to be something that's going to settle in for those kids down there. We talked about some former Greyhounds uh, that went third overall in the draft. One of them was Darnell Nurse. And... You know, great career with the Edmonton Oilers and uh, watch the highlights of last night's Edmonton game with the Los Angeles Kings game, one of the, of the uh, that series, Stanley Cup uh, uh, playoff series. And Edmonton's got everything going for it. Uh, home ice, a great crowd, up 2 nothing, up 3-1 in the third period. Uh, Los Angeles scores with, what, about eight minutes left to make it 3-2. And then... Guy in the penalty box, Evan Bouchard, formerly the London Knights of the OHL. Los Angeles scores with 16 seconds left. Then in the fi- then in the overtime, Los Angeles scores a winner. Edmonton's in the penalty box again. Jeez, Mike McKenzie thought he had something to complain about, about officiating. I don't know about I watched that last night, and you know what? One of the ones, the Edmonton player just fell, and the stick was laying there. The guy tripped over it and he got a penalty for it. I mean, wow. Yeah, those and those are the tough ones to take. And, you know, Worst position to be in is when you take a penalty late in the game and you give up that tying goal. And it's almost one of those things where you almost feel like that sets the stage for LA in overtime yeah. to get that win, right? Where you've got the momentum going in. You almost don't want that in position if you're LA because yeah. you know, you've got that tying goal, you've got all that momentum, that energy from that tying goal, then you've got to go sit for fifteen minutes. But you know, for them to, to take full advantage of game one on the road against an Edmonton team that you know, a lot of people are, are high on this year going into the playoffs. So, you know, for LA, that's massive and obviously, you know, very disappointing for an Oilers organization that's, you know, wants to finally turn the corner and, and try to be, you know, that that perennial great team that they used to be back in, uh, in the late 80s. And speaking of disappointment again, the Toronto Maple Leafs begin the playoffs <laughs> tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We shall see what happens. I, I would say that I don't mean to be so cruel, but I guess I mean it so. I mean, I can't, I can't, help, I can't help myself, man. Absolutely. I don't blame you. Hey, we want to thank the host site, uh, 45 Social, for having us. As usual, all of the sponsors on the Hockey North Show podcast and, of course, our supreme producer, uh, uh, Stephen Jansen and his helper over here. I guess was she the bartender de facto now here. Miss sociability. Oh yeah, Miss Sociability. Yeah, never met a never met a conversation she didn't like. And uh, we'll see you back here next week, folks. God willing. Uh, thank you.